<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. The clock is ticking, tick tock. What's the time, Mr. Clark? Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. This is Gary. Gary Hoffman. This is Gary, and he's very, very famous on Twitter. Shannon Farron. <laughs> it's terrible! She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon! Mm-hmm. Gary and Shannon. I wouldn't be anywhere else at this hour, except... Hey! Gary and Shannon. Hey, it's Wednesday. It's January 16th. Well, there's a lot going on today. We uh, at 1230 have a lot to get to with Swamp Watch. We uh, see the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has asked President Trump to at least postpone the State of the Union, which was uh, scheduled to take place a couple of weeks from now. Uh, because of the government shutdown, or maybe even if he still wants to do it, do it the old-fashioned way, which was in writing. Talk about that. Yet another Democratic candidate has said that she has opened an exploratory committee to potentially run for the Democratic nomination for president. We'll talk about that. Big explosion in Syria. There was uh, There were American troops who were killed in an explosion that has been claimed by ISIS. The Turkish president says that explosion may have been an act trying to deter the United States from taking troops out because that would uh, give ISIS still a target-rich environment. And, in fact, I saw something today that Lindsey Graham has suggested that comments about ISIS by the president have emboldened that group, have emboldened ISIS to attack the United States. Well, we start with yet another day of great traffic. My phone says, uh, you know, sometimes your phone will alert you how long it's going to take you to get to the destination you go to every day, right? It suddenly knows that you're going to that you're going to work right, at a particular time, and it will alert me and say, you know, usually it's 54 minutes. Traffic is unusually heavy, which is ridiculous because it's always heavy, which makes it not unusual. Phone, right. but wow, <laughs> you're yelling at your technology still. <laughs> Great. Today it said 32 minutes. And I thought, wow, I've never seen that before. Even with weather not great. Even with the rain, yeah. So it looks like L.A. school administrators are urging the union to get back to the bargaining table. There are no talks scheduled as this teacher strike enters day three. Tens of thousands of teachers, 30,000 strong, plan to walk picket lines again. They have been joined on strike for the first time by some of their counterparts from charter schools. Yeah, I saw that. Teachers with the Accelerated Schools Charter Network, some of them are union members, I guess, but they negotiate a different contract. They walked off the job yesterday. They're demanding better working conditions and uh, supporting their public school 
uh, compadres. Now, charter schools are a touchy subject uh, here in many other states as well because they, they lure kids away. And when you lure kids away, you lure funding away, funding from the state government. Um, you get the funding per pupil that, that shows up in class every day. So fewer kids, uh, fewer dollars to go around. That is, um, that's displayed, I guess, or on display by the fact that, according to the district, they lost $15 million on Monday. Monday we saw, I think it was about 144 students in class, and we know that the funding from the state is directly tied to attendance. If you figure they lost technically $25 million because of the huge drop in attendance, but didn't have to pay teachers, which would have amounted to about $10 million. The net loss for the district is about $15 million for Monday. I would assume it was about the same for yesterday, even though, surprising to me, even though more kids showed up on Tuesday than did on Monday. Yeah. So we'll see if this, uh, you know, this trend continues. You're still talking about losing millions of dollars a day. So the the teachers have sort of developed i guess what would be a self-defeating prophecy here i don't know if that they didn't i don't think they intend to do this but imagine i think there was a strike at one point back in the 70s i want to say that that lasted five weeks a teacher strike that lasted five weeks at 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 today's prices if this goes on for five weeks and you lose 15 million dollars a day that's a giant chunk of money that the the teachers say they're fighting for that they're losing right off the bat. They don't have enough people to supervise the kids who do show up for class, so they're throwing them all in an auditorium. Uh, the KTLA talked to one dad who said his son and daughter completed worksheets in math and history as they sat on the auditorium floor. I mean, there's not <laughs> even enough chairs to go around here. Yeah. Uh, the latest offer is uh, has been rejected by the union. The district offered to hire nearly 1,200 teachers, counselors, nurses, and librarians and reduce class sizes by two students. All right. If you've got 48 kids in your class and you reduce that to 20, uh, 46, that's not going to do much, is it? Um, I wonder how much of that is an infrastructure issue. You know, I'd like to know more about the class size fight um, it, it, if there's just not enough Seats. classroom to go around, hmm. um, and not, not enough classrooms. Uh, they also had a deal for a 6% raise that they put on the table for the first two years of a three-year contract. The union wants a 6.5% hike at the start of two-year contract, paying them retroactively for the year they've been working without a contract. I've seen this. Uh, Alex Caputo-Pearl is the union president. He has suggested that they bottle up their feelings, that they put it all into buses and take their fight to Sacramento, talk with state lawmakers. Austin Butner, the uh, the district superintendent, has also said, hey, let's go to Sacramento and get a, you know, start some talks up there. Maybe invite some of the, the shareholders in, uh, you know, local members of the legislature and then Alex Caputo-Pearl said, it sounds like a PR stunt. Oh, but driving buses full of teachers to Sacramento is not a PR stunt? It was who's first to this PR stunt. Oh, God, this is, again, this frustrates me. And, and if you, you know, I don't care if you support the teachers of the district in this fight. It should frustrate the living hell out of you that they're not talking and haven't spoken since Friday. It's not just about taking the teacher's side in my mind. Um, it's about... Uh, 
digging in your heels when you look at L.A. Unified and the failure that it is. If you've got class sizes of 48 kids, you know, and you don't have a nurse in those schools or you don't have a librarian or uh, the support services these teachers are wanting, it's not just about the specific teachers. It's about saying, wait a minute, this system screwed up. There, it, let's figure out how to make it better with the money that we have. There's got to be a way to do it. I mean, the, the operating budget is like six billion or something. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous it's that, that they can't do better with that amount of money. I mean, I know it is a massive beast of a, of a school system, but do better organizing it. You know, it's not just about the teachers wanting more money. It's it does affect the kids with the things that they're asking for. You know, teachers are, should not be expected to be the, the teacher, the nurse, the, the daycare, the the counselor, uh, the librarian, all of that. You well, know, they're asked to do too much as it is. And one of the criticisms we've seen is that Austin Butner is a business guy. He's an investment banker. He wasn't an educator. So they're thinking that he's looking at it too much like a business as opposed to a place for education and running it that way. Yeah. The problem is even if you – legislate with feelings even if you make it all about the children someone the books still have to balance you still you can't spend into oblivion the last i saw the la unified school district does not print its own money so there's got to be some restriction there's they're just literally physical guidelines uh guardrails i guess as to spending all right coming up next it looks like the uh the father of the guy that uh that took jamie Kloss has delivered her a letter uh, no, I don't want that to happen. We'll talk about it when we come back. We also have a thousand bucks we're going to give away. We'll tell you how you can win that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Blake, stop the show. We are screwed, guys. We are screwed with a capital S. So remember that company memo that came out last week we telling us that we need to clean our space, our office. We still have six days. No, hold on. Like, um, we're going to need 16. We're going to need seven. The, the original email was like just from, hey, it's our friend, former producer Oscar. Right. And, and it was like, and it was hey, like, guys. Hey, just you might want to look in your stuff. place and just pick up a little bit, you know, maybe throw out old boxes. Well, we just got. Another email, and it is not from our friend Oscar. Mm -mm. It is from somebody way uh, above Oscar. Nothing against Oscar, but there is a hierarchy in the company. Yeah, well, and and it's got, like, facilities with a capital F behind it. It's not good, guys. Uh, It says that... Wait. Yeah. Let's give away $1,000 and then tell them what the email says. Okay. Here's $1,000 and how you can win it. KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword CHANGE to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's CHANGE to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call, but you got to answer that phone. Make sure you do, uh, or else they'll give it to somebody else. You have another chance an hour from now, an hour after that, and that, and that, and that. In fact, all the way through... The first hour of the Conway Show, we're giving away a thousand bucks an hour. Now, I will go ahead in this next break. Uh, I will go ahead into our office and take video, circular video Smart. of it, so that y'all know what we're dealing with here. But we have a, a style guide, apparently a company wide style guide about all the rules 
on what the office. You ever seen this before? No, sir. I'm not sure we violate any of them, really. Uh, Okay, here's Uh, one. Photos, paper, or homemade signs should not be taped or pinned to the walls or doors. Never mind. Yeah, we violate that. We, we violate that every on every wall. surface. Four every walls. Every surface. Every, all four all, walls. I think oh, we've oh, actually violated that in other people's workspaces. You're absolutely right. We yep. put stickers on everybody's freaking door that say Gary and Shannon. Yeah, I definitely tagged a couple hallways. Yep. All yep. photos and frames must be approved and will be hung by the facilities department. <laughs> we've hung a lot of S in there ourselves. A lot of them don't have frames, though, No so. approval. Well, now listen. No approval. There's no, it's not like it, there's no nudity or anything. It's not yes, like Yes, there is. No, we got rid of that. We did? Yeah. Oh. Wait, unless we get your birthday month. The mice? Yeah, you know, that's gone. That's gone. But your birthday month of the calendar gets a little hairy, though. We had children in the office at one point and decided that that stuff needed to leave. (laughs) We did. What about the books? I think the books are gone. I think people have taken those. those books. There were some there were some adult themed books that were in there, yeah. but you'd have to really like you'd have to get on really you'd have to look really. They were you remember the this. name of yeah, those books? Yeah, that's what I mean. But you would you'd have to read the title of the book to yeah. be offended. by They it. were hidden behind our drinking cups. They okay, say we can't well, even. They, they say in this uh, style guide we can't even put our coats on our chairs. Yeah, coats, bags, other items shall not be draped over chairs or on desktops. Rather, these items should be placed inside your cabinet, stored in a closet. Who has a closet? We don't have a cabinet nor a closet. Or a designated locker. Nor a designated locker. We don't have any of those things. Do you have a locker? No, but we could have one if we wanted one. I doubt it. Here's, Here's a fun one. Lamps must be company issued. Like, we can't even have a foreign lamp up in there. We don't have any lamps, though. We're good. Does anyone have any lamps? Uh, Michelle does. She's got a bunch of lamps. Belio's got a Belio's got a lamp in there. Not company issued lamps. (laughs) Live plants and flowers should not be added to individual workspaces. If you receive a plant or floral delivery to the office, please be sure to bring to to bring it to your home for your personal enjoyment at the end of the week. I killed Lou, so we don't have that problem. You know what's interesting? Yeah, we did kill that plant. Um, Rules. It doesn't mention anything about no animals, however, which brings me back to my case for us to get a show animal. Oh. Because it would be okay. What kind of animal? Is that so they overlook all the other rule violations? I was thinking about a turtle. All right. Blake's going to clean it. smell after a while. Can we get a turtle right away, dude? Put a straw on his nose? Wow. Wow. You're done. Easy. Approval is required for hanging photos or art in workspaces, offices, and conference rooms, and all photos and frames must be approved and will be hung by the facilities department. Okay, you guys, I'm going to take video and put it up on our Instagram page right now. Don't forget, here's a special tip. Select photos and art that represent our services, products, and brands, as well as your personal style and interests. We do the Um, back half of that. Right. Are we going to get in trouble for reading this on the air? From the company? I don't know. Maintenance and safety. If you see overflowing trash bins, spills on the floors, bathrooms, or kitchen areas, uh, please contact our facilities. So are they that just, makes perfect are sense. Are they just going to keep handle home the day that these high-profile powered people are coming through? Whoa, I just spilled again. Because Look at that. he's a freaking disaster. You mean the Diet Coke cans and then so non-recycle bin? what he does every day, several times a day, what would you wager, seven times a morning or so? 
He drinks a Diet Coke, mm-hmm. and then when he's done with it, he walks out of this studio. He walks over to the trash can that's near our office, and he throws the Diet Coke can at the bin. He never makes it, and he leaves the can on the floor. I've actually seen him walk up to it to put it in like a human and then back up and be like, wait, no. You're going to see me shoot it. Just so, put it in like a human. <laughs> he's like a gross violation of this of this style guide. Well, what's what's slide three? Have on these this? people ever is... been to a radio station? Oh like, my gosh! What? What's on slide three? Slide three is a picture of what they want, and it's it says this, not this, and oh. it's a series of six pictures. So one one is a conference room. It's got all the ta- all the chairs around this little rectangular conference table. Uh, facing in, the phone is is hung up and everything is perfect. Not this. And it shows that same conference room. Those chairs are askew. The chairs askew. God forbid you have a chair that's askew. Now, the other thing is these are not big enough pictures so you can't really tell, but there's a copy machine with a cabinet next to it in one picture. This, not this, I which w- is loose papers on top of the cabinet. I kind of want to send the video of our office as a reply to this email. And say, how does does this work? And say, can we just shut our door? <laughs> we Again, have stuff on the door. Oh, you're well, right. We, what if we put a we sign take that down though? What if we put a sign on the door that just said storage closet or daycare or yeah, nursery, nursery. No, d- nursery is kind of weird. We wouldn't put babies in there, but we'd put toddlers. Storage in closet there. works. Huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make. Should a I take the sign. doorbell off the door? Take the doorbell off. Absolutely. Okay. My wife. <laughs> what did she say? My wife wants wants us to go through and use Marie Kondo's. Uh, Does this spark joy? Oh. <laughs> yes, everything Shannon, in our office. Everything in there sparks joy in my heart, except for maybe the adult books. They're gone. They're gone. Those are gone. All right. Yeah. Those were those were a hazard. But like the empty whiskey bottles, joy. <laughs> the the unicorn pinata, All the unicorn joy. Ping pong. Axel Rose artwork, joy. Yeah. Dartboard, joy. Flamingo pinata, joy. We don't have to tell everything. Little baby we foosball. Sound, we joy. sound like hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> the cat feces, All right, I'm going to go take joy. the video. The giant piles of papers, The dead joy. lizard, joy. <laughs> wait, are we back to the show yet? Yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll come back. <laughs> All right, we come back. What you watching Wednesday? Petros Papadakis is going to join us to break down The Bachelor. Also, a new documentary you can check out on Amazon Prime we'll tell you about when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. 12.30 Swamp Watch is going to be packed full of stuff. We'll talk about... The potential for American troops uh, to have been killed and confirmed, of course, American troops killed in an explosion in northern Syria. We'll talk about that. Also, Nancy Pelosi asking the president to postpone the State of the Union. But it's time for uh, What You Watching Wednesday. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. Well, we get to check in every Wednesday with uh, with our friend Petros Papadakis, host of the Petros and Money Show, that you now hear from 3 to 7. Petros is really a laborer, and he watches The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, really everything 
the Bachelor Nation puts out there for us to ingest. And I've got to start off our conversation, P, today with a bit of a, a of a correction and retraction, if you will. I watched The Bachelor this week, and I like this guy, Colton. Like, oh. I, I think, you know, I, I unfairly judged him maybe because he's a virgin as like a child boy. Uh, or child uh. man, and and he was he showed maturity this week. The way he talked to these women, he seemed like an adult, the adult, and uh, I like him. When he's the smartest guy in the hot tub, we're in big trouble. <laughs> That's Let's true. Just put it like that. Maybe it was that light that I saw him in as being the smartest guy in the room that Wait, made uh, me like him. And, and Petrus, I will admit, I watched this with my wife and teenage daughter at least part of it this week, and I am horribly uh it was a big mistake on my part to do but i noticed that there's one girl who doubles down on the virgin thing she says she hasn't even kissed anybody yet yeah never been kissed that is her occupation (laughs) it is her job to not kiss people it is very upsetting gary the whole thing and i would liken myself to like a heroin addict that goes around to high schools and tells people, don't do heroin, look at me, <laughs> when it comes to The Bachelor. With a needle Just hanging out of your me. arm? Yeah, with the, turn- the belt around the, 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 the bicep. I... Just leave this to me. Okay. I'm a professional. I, Let me fall I, on this I grenade. want you on that wall. I need you on that wall. That's right. Don't do this to yourself. You don't deserve it. I deserve it. I've done a lot of bad things in my life, and that is why God has burdened me like Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill only to have another bachelor season roll down upon me like a shovel full of graveyard dirt. We're a big fan of the Sisyphus uh, pullback here. Thank you. So break it down for us. Here's... Okay, they go, of course, because he's a virgin, all they do is talk about his virginity. They go to a theater in Hollywood with Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally, who are actually pretty entertaining. And all these girls tell stories about one of their firsts. And this idiot Tracy with a hammerhead shark eyes, a 31-year-old chick who's desperate as hell, goes up there and tells the story of when she took somebody's virginity the first time and got punched in the face. It's very awkward. Enjoy it. My story is the first time I tried to date a virgin. It's sophomore year of college. There is this gorgeous fraternity president, and come to find out, he's a virgin. This other girl in my sorority and I decided that we both really liked him and we were going to compete for him. Tracy kind of tells, like, the most dramatic story I've ever heard. And as I start to wake up, she punches me in the face. She's caused someone to punch her in the face. So can you imagine what she's capable of here? When I got a hold of him, he was not a virgin anymore, but it was the best sex he ever had. <laughs> that's the, yeah. yeah! That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah! That part All I right, did not moving. see with my wife and daughter. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Moving on, uh, this is the moment that Shannon thought was so endearing. Uh, this girl is smoking hot uh, conventionally. There's no doubt about that. But, man, is she stupid. Enjoy. I mean, you never think when you ask somebody to make a toast that it'll be this bad, but but it is. Let's make a toast to first. It's my birthday. So to Happy this birthday. amazing day. And, um, yeah. I feel like so far this date 
hasn't gone <laughs> like I was expecting it to be. Oh. You know, Hannah's very intriguing. Hannah's very cute. Read hot. I thought that, you know, it was just going to be this really easy, natural flow. She could open up just a little bit. Oh. And if we could just make any type of progress, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> she could strictly. This is probably the most romantic date I've ever been on. Is it? He's like, is Lucky. it? I'm not going to forget this birthday. Okay, oh, so wow. that that whole segment was painful to watch because she's a beauty pageant winner. She's Miss Alabama. Right. And she wants everything to be perfect. Every, the way she looks, everything she says, it's all scripted. It's all perfection. And the minute something isn't perfect, she loses it. And she lost it, and I felt so bad for her. And she has such a journey of self-love to go on uh, that it was really <laughs> hard to see. It was almost like, it was almost like uh, she's crying out for some sort of therapy, some sort of intervention, and all she's got is this... Uh, failed tight end. Uh, what did you make of the girl with the air horn? I mean, Shannon, uh, you've been doing football long enough to where you've been around a couple of football practices, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple, two, three, and you hear that air horn. And an air horn is not a good thing around a football player. That means, you know, it's time to respond with violence. And <laughs> this girl, Onika, interrupts him at the cocktail party while he's talking and and just air horns the crap out of him. And I got to say, I love the audio. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think I'm dead. Yeah, that was a lot. Time to steal ya. Uh. Who was that? Uh. What the hell's happening? Who is that? Hello, hello. I'm really sorry. As you know, I like to make an entrance, (laughs) and I'm honestly feeling just a little bit horny. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so I just had to take some time to let it out, but I'm really excited to see you. I've got a question for you guys. You're both men. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Let's go back to when you're, say, 22, 24, Mm. you're single, or you haven't, pretend you haven't met your wives yet, and you get the opportunity to go on The Bachelor. Sure, you get to make out with all these hot girls, but is it worth it when you have to deal with all the crazy that comes along with it? Well, the thing is, yes, because you can cut her, which he didn't do. He didn't cut her after the air horn thing. Didn't she get a rose? Well, we've got to have a show. I didn't make it to We've got to have a show. Yeah. We've got to entertainment gary we've gotta we've gotta have some idiots to stir it up we can't just have that dumb girl from alabama so i mean the journey's gonna continue but i gotta admit guys i I am in opposition of shannon's stance i am this season as i have been for at least a decade every season And uh, is there anything you want me to say to The Bachelor on Saturday at the Rose Bowl, Shannon, or do you just want to come out? I, I just like to tell you today. Listen, it, I, I don't have a crush on the guy. All right, I, the bar is very Sounds low. Like the bar is very low <laughs> on The Bachelor. All you right, just don't hate. Him. I just don't hate him. <laughs> you don't want to come on out? I can credential you. You can work the sideline with me mm. in case you miss working the whole sideline. Uh, this week, since you're not I, working, this you week. know what I would love. She's to ready work, for a weekend off. I would love <laughs> to work with Petros. I would love to do that. I could be like your producer. In all honesty, you deserve a weekend off, and congratulations on a great season, by the way. Thank Finishing you. Finishing a football season as a broadcaster is not easy, and Thank I you. commend you. I just feel bad that I didn't execute last Sunday. Yeah, so I really wish you would have. You tell people this all the time, Shannon. It's not your fault. I know. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Somebody-
somebody told us the other day that Robin Williams is like the worst therapist in the world and breaks every therapist rule of the history. <laughs> Goodwill hunting. Like, like Will Hunting should have slit his wrist. Like, you're not supposed to choke your... You're not supposed to choke patients. You're not supposed to tell personal stories You're not to supposed patients. to take them to the park and sit on that bench and mm-hmm. talk about the ceiling no. of... Uh, yeah, right. None of those things are supposed to take place. Petros, thank you. Have a wonderful day in Pasadena and at BJ's. Eat uh, Ida Pazuki for us. Thanks, P. That's me. Bye. We're just talking on the phone. That's all we're doing at this point. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, right in the middle of What You Watching Wednesday. Hey, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to bring to everyone's attention is uh, a longtime friend of mine. We used to work together at radio stations uh, scattered about the state of California. Uh, Kevin Patrick Allen, who is currently uh, living and working in Kansas, has a new documentary called what comes next that you can check out on Amazon Prime? We've talked about this concept before. I love it. Uh, we cover big big stories in the news. Usually it's somebody's worst day or maybe their best day. And then there's rarely follow-up, like what happens next for them. Yeah. So Kevin Patrick Allen joins us, uh, writer, director, producer of What Comes Next. And again, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Great. So uh, how'd you come up with this idea? Well, it actually goes back to when I was a skipping stone of a reporter. You know, it seems like you never do go very deep. And there was a kid that I met in San Francisco in 1999 who was an X Games uh, champion. Just was incredible traveling the world, winning gold medals, making money. And he also sounded a bit like Evil Knievel, the number of entries he had at the age of 20. Um, This kid really impressed me. And he said to me, people tell me I'm going to regret this when I'm 40, but I won't know until I'm 40, so I just got to live my life. Um, So you you do the math. He was 20 then. Uh, I went to his birthday party uh, just uh, three months ago. And I'd always wanted to know what what became of that kid. Did he regret the decisions that he made? And I found him, and um, he actually lives locally and – and it turned into this deal of not just seeing whether he regretted the choices he made in life, but that he was at the end of his career at that point, and he didn't, you know, know what what comes next. How do I how do I fill this void in my life that that the fame and the accomplishment and all of that uh, helped for a long time? And and I just got thinking that don't we all go through that? You know, whether it's that a dream ends or we lose a loved one or in the most extreme cases, what if you lose your freedom, you're, you're wrongfully incarcerated? And, and it turned into this big project of what comes next, which, um, you know, I think it's just a universal theme that we all see ourselves in these characters. Yeah, plus, we don't we don't often think that something will befall us where we have to even ask that question. In these uh, three cases that you have in this uh, documentary called What Comes Next, each one of those things befalls these people, and they are forced to answer that question. Yeah, and, you know, I, I mentioned the project to people as I was working on it, and they're like, wow, could you get more depressing? <laughs> and, and really, for me... It's not it's not depressing. The reason we tend to think it's depressing is because we don't talk about these things. 
And last I checked on a long enough timeline, it's 100% that we're all checking out. Um, so, you know, I think it benefits us to, to talk about um, the intersection with tragedy, with challenge, with troubles in our lives, so we don't feel alone, so maybe we understand it a little bit better, and so that we acknowledge that there's actually a lot of beauty in those moments. It's, you know, triumph and tragedy don't live in a vacuum. They, um, they usually live side by side. You ever had to ask yourself the question, and what comes next? I'll be fully transparent with you. When, when I was a reporter in San Francisco, um, dream job. That's just where I always wanted to be what I wanted to do. And um, I had a period of time where I started having panic attacks um, before I went on the air uh, every day. And I just kept it to myself because I was embarrassed. And also because uh, I thought nobody else would, you know, relate to it and maybe I'd get fired. Um, anyway, over the course of of time, I was able to work through it. And the most revealing thing was 10 years removed from that experience, I found out that a close colleague um, was battling a similar thing at the same time. I would wager that eight out of 10 of us have gone through that experience at some point (laughs) in our careers. Absolutely. Isn't it crazy? I mean, if I could have relieved the burden he was feeling, he could have relieved the burden I was feeling. And instead, we're just passing each other by miserable. All right. Tell people how they can check it out and uh, how they can check you out on social media. So if you go to Amazon Prime and just type in what comes next, um, you will, you'll find it there. And it's all in, all in black and white, and you'll see this X game star flying through the air. And um, um, I won't tell you what, what happens when he tries to land. Um, but that's what you... Um, that's where you'll find it is is on Amazon Prime and Kevin Patrick Allen. There's just not many Kevin Patrick Allens out there, so uh, Google it and you'll you'll find an Irish guy um, who likes to tell these stories deep in the weeds. In Kevin, thank you. Appreciate your time and congratulations. Thank you. All right, we'll come back and talk about uh, Butte County is now the latest to sue PG&E. That's coming up next on the Gary and Shannon Show. Turkish President Erdogan saying that that explosion that killed American service members in Syria may have been an act aimed to deter the U.S. from withdrawing troops. Uh, Coming up at 1 o'clock, Brian Suits is going to join us, and we're going to talk all about Syria and what's going on there and what a troop withdrawal would mean. Day 26 now of our uh, partial government shutdown. House House Speaker has asked the president to move the State of the Union address. Seven, it looks like, Democratic lawmakers, mostly freshmen, did you hear this, uh, went to the White House to ask the president to reopen the government. (laughs) Bless your heart. Like they've got clout or something. Like they walked over there? Yeah. Like we just got to Washington. We still have faith and hope that we can can make change. 
Well, I'm surprised it hasn't burned out of him just two weeks in Congress. We'll talk more about that coming up in uh, Swamp Watch at the, the bottom of next hour. Today, though, we have a we have a Turpin case update coming up at 1130. But first, we're getting a lot of office shaming, Gary. Uh, I know. People think we are officially hoarders. I mean, I wanted people to see the video of our office. It's up, uh, by the way, on Instagram at Gary and Shannon. I wanted people to see the office because apparently there's some big wig people coming in and they want everything cleaned up. Nothing on the walls, no personal items whatsoever, the whole bit. And so I was kind of taking the video to share with everybody. Uh, you know, see some, we get some support. Harsh realities. Harsh reality is that we are hoarders. We have issues. Um, the guy that made that reindeer balloon animal for mm-hmm. us yeah. over the holidays that we still have. Yes. He's shaming us, saying it's sad that you still have my balloon animal. But in an adorable way. Yeah, but I don't know if that sparks joy. Remember, we're talking, that's our bar right now, is whether the stuff in there sparks joy. Does the Sweet James pillow cover spark joy? Yes. I like that. Because of the incredible memories, the shared trauma of, li- of yeah. living for a week in a dead hooker hotel in Middleburger Heights, Ohio. Yeah, that was terrible. Remember the Uber driver didn't even want to take us there? Yeah, they wanted to drop us off like two miles. Yeah, just go keep going two miles down the road. Take exit 314. You'll be right there. Maybe it is a wake-up call for us to go ahead and throw all that stuff out. All right, well, listen, we do have a live commercial to do at the break. Maybe, Maybe we dedicate ourselves to... Every commercial break, we go in and we take one thing. And throw it out. And throw it out. Okay. What do you guys, no, what? No. Blake, we need to do this. No, we don't. Butte <laughs> County has decided that it's going to sue Pacific Gas and Electric. The, the lawsuit comes from the entire county, and they filed it yesterday. Butte County did. They said to demonstrate to the public that we are moving forward after this horrendous occurrence in Butte County, speaking of the camp fire that destroyed the town of Paradise, uh, we're seeking the uh, to make the taxpayers of Butte County whole with respect to all of the costs and damages. Butte County specifically is seeking damages from PG&E for repair and replacement of damaged or destroyed properties, loss of wages, business profits, and more. They do not outline a specific monetary amount because the computer did not allow them to put a number in that large. PG&E did file for bankruptcy. Uh, People who lost their homes in the wildfire have already sued the utility. The bankruptcy filing means that all wildfire-related lawsuits will be consolidated, and they'll go before a bankruptcy judge, not a jury. So that's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about what a jury would award right. because it would be a lot of money. It would be an incredible amount of money. Just If you look at just the homes, that's not talking about lost wages. That's not talking about uh, families who sued because their, their parents or their loved ones were lost in the fire. It's If you look at just the property losses, 15,000 homes were destroyed in that fire. Uh, now, again... The specifics of how the fire started, you and I all know that it was it was PG&E. The state has not come to a final conclusion yet, but everyone believes that the information and the evidence points to PG&E having started it. PG&E even does say, or they've told state regulators, that they did have some issues with their equipment 
near one of the places where the fire started. Yes. In fact, they were going to send a team out there. Um, They also knew that a wind event was headed for the area. And when you put two and two together, absolutely they should have cut the power. They have faulty equipment. We're having a wind event. They hadn't gotten their asses out there to fix it. So you would think somebody at PG&E would have the smarts to turn that off. They did not do that. Now, when you think about the 15,000 homes lost, you're not also thinking all the time about, well, what's in those homes? You know, what? what's that price tag? Right. What about all the days that people missed work because they didn't have anywhere to stay or they're living out of shelters? Uh, there's just so much loss and the totality of it. I can't imagine what that number is going to be. I this will be for these next, I would say, year, 18 months, perhaps it would be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with PG&E. The CEO we know we talked about uh, decided to resign. It's probably going to walk away with a check for a few million bucks, depending on how they uh, determined she was let go or resigned or exactly what happened to her. Um, but the judge is going to take over the, the utility and, and you have to figure out. Or the judge has to figure out, do we then bring in somebody from another utility in the region in western United States to come in and take over? Uh, Do they get broken up and turned into smaller utilities that are absorbed into other utilities in the state? It's not not an easy path forward for PG&E. I mean, it doesn't have to be. But I'm just saying it's – we all use electricity all of the time, and it could severely impact the rest of the market in the western United States. All right, coming up next, we have your chance at $1,000. Also, an update on the story we told you yesterday, the lockdowns at Sisters College and uh, APU over there in Glendora. What Uh-oh. prompted that? What? Uh, and then one comment that is that just came in on Instagram that is proof that we really need to do something. Don't bow to peer pressure. No. It's- you can move around in that office. It's fine. How about how about we move stuff when the sales department cleans up their desks? That is that? not the bar we by are, which yeah, we live our lives. That is not what we do. I will not compare us to the sales department. There are homeless nests under the desks. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Can you see Gary and Shannon with your chance right now at $1,000. KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword COFFEE to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's COFFEE to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call, but you got to answer the phone to make sure you pick up that $1,000. There's another chance an hour from now. In fact, we're giving away $1,000 an hour from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show at 6 o'clock at night. We're uh, we're getting some support on Instagram from people saying, don't give in to the man. Don't give in to the man. Not until they drag your multiple unicorns from your cold, dead hands. And I did some research during the break. (laughs) I did throw out the open box of cereal. But I did some research, and Petros and Money also live in a homeless encampment on the other side of the floor, and they're not going to clean up their stuff, so we are keeping our crap. Amen, brother. Well, all I did, I I found some old uh, commercial scripts in one of the boxes that's behind my chair, so I threw those away. Um, (laughs) Why you kept those ever? I... He's like, a hoarder. I will admit I have some t- problems. Some tendencies. There are problems with tendencies. tendencies. It runs yeah. in my family. But I was able to take the two boxes 
and close them so I could stack them so that they're at least uh, it's uniform. It looks clean. That's good. Why don't you guys just close the office door? Yeah, we're that's going. All, we're that's also going. To we've do tried that. that, but here's the thing: if they're VIPs, like that, like the email suggests, they may have the master key. Sure, they do. So, I think it's so weird if they like start going into random offices. Well, it's weird that they would suggest that ours that that we wipe clean any personality that we have in the office. True. Have they ever been to a radio station? I mean, radio every radio station I've worked in has ha- had at least one murder scene, right? I mean, <laughs> it, like yeah. We- <laughs> oh god. A murder of 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 style and decor. I think everybody knows. I mean, that- we're basically complete slobs. I mean, we took a job where we could dress literally like a homeless every day, and I mean, it would be fine. Look at you. I heard our uh, sales staff actually has to up how they dress on that day. They were told to dress differently. Stop really? It. Yeah. What? I'm not. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. What? Sorry. I'd love to Gary see you in a gown. Man. <sighs> me too. My mom would love to see me in a gown. <laughs> well, how about Friday? It's gown Friday. Everybody wears the gown. I'm going to be sick. I think. Oh. I won't be here. Fancy Friday. Fancy. All right. Fancy. (laughs) That actually is a good idea. (laughs) Kind of fun. It'd be like a theme. No? All right. Yeah. Police arrested a student from Citrus College yesterday. Uh, Check that. An online student from Citrus College because he threatened to shoot up the school. This is a weird story. This happened right during uh, our show in that we learned that Citrus College was on lockdown. Right next door, APU went on lockdown, and we figured out that it was a threat that had been either called in or emailed in, and they were trying to find out who did it, but there was no report of an active shooter or anything like that, no gun, no shots fired or anything. He was scheduled, uh, Terrell Bennett is his name, he's 30, he lives in Chino, he was taken into custody uh, just before 4 p.m. yesterday. He first called Glendora police, threatening that he was going to shoot up Citrus College. He was scheduled to attend an in-person class there yesterday. He, his, his call to the cops went out about 11.20 when he made the threat. They quickly found his car in a campus parking lot. And he was found and arrested on campus, no struggle, just before four. They didn't find anything in his car, but they were very careful. They actually had uh, the technician in the bomb suit along with the bomb squad robot out there checking the car. They used a long rope to open the rear door just to make sure. They said it actually appeared that this guy may have been trying to entice the police to shoot and kill him. Oh, that's sad. That he was trying to set up a situation of suicide by cop. And that's based on his statements. So they're looking into any other potential motive that this guy may have had to do this or um, any sort of problems that the guy is dealing with clearly. So the investigation is ongoing. But, again, nobody was, uh, nobody was hurt in all of this. Just a, a major inconvenience for some of those kids that were kids. And all the neighboring Oh, and the neighboring, true, right. All the people they shut that... down quarter mile by quarter mile block and wouldn't even let people. You couldn't drive into your community, nor could you park your car somewhere else and walk into your community. You weren't allowed to go to your home. Do you know somebody who lives there? And I, how I, did you and that, I I know mean, that person get back in? Um, well, I, I know some people yeah. that happen to uh, maybe have a wall that goes up to some uh, government property and were able to... Uh, <laughs> government property. Or, 
Yeah. So not owned like by a them. CIA property. safe house or something. And they uh, scooted around, hopped a couple walls. Is and, Blake uh, like an undercover went agent? Went in a backyard. Like Stoss was? Is Blake an undercover agent? For who? On government. The United States government? I don't know. All right. The Turpin kids. He got very quiet there. What? This show's taking a weird turn today. Mm. Today? Yeah. <laughs> Stay a while. Um, those 13 kids found in that house of horror. Tell me more. The Turpin kids. We're hearing about where they're at mentally now. I totally understand why they're not mad at their parents. You do? I totally do. Stockholm Syndrome? Something like that. Yeah. Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment. Our vow to go in there and clean something every break. <laughs> well, it started making me angry. And then Blake was sad, and I can't have that. Maybe Blake wants us to keep that office full of stuff so that he can hide his secret equipment. His agent equipment? Yes, secret agent equipment. We do have to do something with those boxes underneath the ping pong table. They're like, full of shirts. I know, but I mean, like, just close them. And put them up against the I wall think you or something. Ripped them. I didn't rip them. I, didn't I think that them. you need to get the boxes of crap of your crap that are right next to my desk and do something with those. Maybe stack them next to your other boxes of crap on your side. That is fair. Is that what we're going to do now? Is we're going to start pointing? We're going to go in the office. We're going to point and be like, "I'm no, sorry, that's your crap." I'm sorry, but I have been living with your crap for three years. And I I've been meaning to have this talk with you. And let me see your phone. No, absolutely not. Is my wife texting you right now to tell you this? No, I did it on my own. Why won't you look at me now? <laughs> He's my hero. Yeah, see? I'm just saying that you could maybe take this opportunity to get the boxes away from my desk. Let's talk about the turbans. That's the smoothest transition you're going to see all day, I guarantee you. Hey, did you know, I I didn't even think about this. We were talking about anniversaries this week. There are a bunch of anniversaries coming up. Like tomorrow, for example, is the anniversary of the Northridge earthquake. Uh, Two days ago, Monday was the anniversary of the Turpin girl making her way out of the house and calling 911 on a cell phone to say that she had been held captive, she and her brothers and sisters? It was last year, yes. Twelve of the 13 children were allegedly beaten, shackled to their beds, malnourished, denied access to the bathroom. They had to sit in their own uh, output. They were only allowed to shower one time a year. Remember all the pictures we saw? It was just a year ago. One of the teen uh, girls escaped from the home January 14th, 2018, and used that cell phone to call police. And when the police showed up, they originally thought that these kids were all minors because of their condition, because they were so emaciated, even though one of them was 29 years old. It's a lawyer, Jack Osborne, who's representing the seven adult children. And he says that these kids, these adult children, do worry about their parents and do miss their parents. They are not bitter. They really take everything every day as it is as a gift. 
And it's probably because that was just their normal. That's the thing. We've we've seen this in cases, extreme cases, uh, even in kidnapping cases, the the Stockholm Syndrome, where you begin to develop an affinity for the person who took you, whether it's intentional, whether it's, you know, on a subconscious level, whatever it is, there's an, there's something about the affinity that you develop for someone, even if they've done something bad to you. But in this case, it's a weird wiring that we have to know that your mother and father are your mother and father. I mean, there's there's a weird wiring in that they can get away with a lot of stuff and you're still going to love them. Just yesterday, we were talking about the guy who thinks his father was the murderer in the Black Dahlia case. And he still loves him. And he still loves him because he's his dad. I know he's a monster and had really private things and kept me out of his life for a very long time, but I still love him. This lawyer says for the first time, these kids are able to make their own decisions and decide what they're going to eat, where they're going to go, what they're going to study. They're still becoming independent, and they'll tell you that that's kind of a lifelong thing. Now, mom and dad, David and Louise, were charged with 12 counts of torture Seven counts of abuse on a dependent adult, 12 counts of false imprisonment, and six counts of child abuse. David Turpin, also charged with committing a lewd act on a child by force. Their trial is set to begin September 3rd. We've got to get somebody at that trial. Oh, that yes. That's clear that we're going to have somebody there. Um, do you think they plead out? I mean, there's a chance that this yeah. thing never goes to trial because of the possibility that they don't want the kids to have to testify. I'm still surprised that the mom hasn't rolled on the dad. And said it's all his fault? Yeah. It's possible. That, that could happen, definitely. Um, the kids, the, the older kids, uh, have been living with help, and the six younger kids are actually in child protective custody. They're still in the custody of the county. But according to the lawyer, they do get to see their older brothers and sisters a lot. And Jack Osborne is the lawyer's name. The older children are extremely protective of the younger ones. So when they do have time together, he says, there's a lot of nurturing and there is a lot of reassuring. The weirdest part about this case that still strikes me, and it's the thing that that the image that comes to my head every time we do this story, is the pictures of them in Vegas. With the uh, marriage uh, renewal of vows? Yeah. At their parents' uh, renewal ceremony. We know that they did that three times. They took their kids to Vegas three times to renew their vows. Wasn't there like an Elvis or something? The Elvis impersonator, yeah. That's a bizarre, bizarre family. And um, and it it seems like that wife maybe, didn't he meet her when she was really young? She was like 15 or 16. And maybe for her this was normal too, you know, to live like this. It's just, it's so bizarre. I mean, because even if it was their normal, it's not like they were living out in the woods. No, but they were nocturnal, weren't they? Yes. I mean, most of their activity, I think you're, you're right, was at night. Or people would talk about, they would see the lights at, on at night and the kids moving around the house at night. But, but yeah, but this is like a neighborhood, in a neighborhood in Riverside. It's not like you're off the grid in the woods where, where, where. How and many I, homes do you think are like this uh, out in the woods? Too many, way too many. Oh, Lord. There's way too many in the neighborhoods. They don't have to be out in the woods, though. That's the thing is I think one is too many, but uh, there are probably more of them within this uh, within our listening audience. This is a headline that I think we'll look back and chuckle on in uh, a decade. 
LAPD deploys controversial drone for the first time. Shake my head at this one, but not because it's controversial and not because they used it, but because people clutch their pearls about it in the first place. The man is watching. Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment. You know Monica who's watching Ricks. you more than the LAPD? Monica Ricks. Your phone, your computer, all of it. Your boss, Blake. Yeah. Everybody. Secret agent man. I'm in deep with this girl, but she's out of my mind. She's not complicated. Gary and Shannon. Strange uh, doings politically over uh, over in London. British Prime Minister Theresa May's government survived a no-confidence vote that was called after the Brexit deal was overwhelmingly rejected. So the House of Commons expressed confidence in the government. Pretty slim margin, though, just 325 to 306. So Theresa May can remain in office. But if she had lost that, if her government had lost that, they'd do it differently there. She loses a no-confidence vote, and within weeks... They uh, they face a new election, all while they're trying to figure out how to leave the European Union coming up in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, actually. Well, we also have a huge crash there uh, in the Cajon Pass to tell you about. We'll get all the latest coming up uh, after Monica's news at the top of the hour when we talk trending. But now we've got a drone controversy on our hands. I thought we had drone music, but I guess we don't. SWAT officers, <laughs> SWAT officers, SWAT uh, officers, you know, I, I read that and I think about Randy Simmons right away. Randy Simmons, SWAT officer, LAPD killed in, I think, February of 2008 when there was a barricaded suspect in a home. And they they didn't know if he was if he was in there or not. He was actually right out right on the other side of the door, armed and uh, fired on Randy and another SWAT officer. And uh, and Randy was taken from his wife and his children that day. And if they could have used a drone in that situation, would that have worked? Would they been able to see inside the home and seen that that guy was just standing right there on the other side of the door, armed to the to the T, you know, because that's when they used this drone for the first time, the LAPD. Uh, it was a it was a suspect that may or may not be in the second floor apartment. SWAT's called in and to find out if he was in there without risking their lives, they used this new drone. And the drone showed that the man did not appear to be in the room so that they entered knowing that he wasn't right behind the door waiting to ambush them the way that uh, that guy ambushed Randy. The the reason we're even talking about this is they have acknowledged that for the first time they went through the very high set of hurdles that were required before they could deploy the drone um, for LAPD. They, this this was a strange thing. There was excitement around the fact that they got the drones in the first place. Uh, I think they bought one from the Seattle Police Department or inherited it from the Seattle Police Department because – Everybody was so concerned about their their rights being infringed upon in Seattle that they anyway. In January, on January 9th, there was a standoff in Koreatown, lasted nine hours before the guy was safely arrested. And what they were doing was they were trying to make sure that this guy was not sitting in that same position that that it eventually killed Randall Sims. That that they had an, an opportunity to go in and get this guy. And re- 
it, if nothing else, just have more information about what was going on in that place in Koreatown. Chief Michael Moore said that they are going to be using this drone in a responsible, thoughtful way. They can, they can keep the, the public and police officers safe. He says it's another set of eyes to help us understand the scenario and the challenges before officers and try to bring the situation to a peaceful resolution. If you're worried about the LAPD using the drone in, in uh, it being a slippery slope and suddenly they're using the drone to do improper searches and seizures and all of that sort of thing, that would be thrown out like that in court. Yeah. I, if it, it would never be able to be used as evidence if you were then arrested because of that footage. That's why I don't understand the, um, the fear over this. Uh, now, the police commission has set up a very, very strict, because this is new to them, new technology. And they're still, everyone, I should say, in law enforcement community is sort of uh, feeling their way through the legal uh hurdles, guardrails about what drone use will mean for them. But for the police commission, specifically for LAPD, to use a drone, it has to be one of very specific um, situations. Hostage situation, a natural disaster, hazardous material incident, search and rescue operation, a search for somebody with superior firepower, somebody who may have extraordinary tactical advantage, or someone who's wanted for assaulting a police officer with a fire a firearm. Now, if somebody on the scene says we need a we need a drone to get in the air and give us a tactical advantage here to at least give us information about what's going on, the use of the drone has to go so far up the chain that it's approved by a deputy chief of the counterterrorism bureau and the police chief himself or herself must be notified. And that every time a drone is deployed, there are reports that go into the police co- uh, the police commission, which evaluate the pilot program. They decide the future of the drones. They figure out if this was used properly as well. Now, listen to this. There's a guy who works for something called the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition who said at a meeting yesterday, the spin is on. The propaganda is on. This is exactly what we spoke about. Mission creep has started. Sound like a crazy person. Uh, the the One damage time. is done. Uh, Stop LAPD spying coalition. Uh, there was a study of drones at Bard College. They're everywhere. Uh, nearly 600 local law enforcement agencies, 200 fire departments, 100 emergency management agencies have drones as of May of this year. This is just the future. This is what's happening. So it's just it's a these are not and they're not special drones. They're not weaponized drones. They're no different than what you would buy at a hobby store. In this case, this DJI Spark is the uh, the drone that they use. It captured a cluster of SWAT officers that were standing on a lower balcony as it was flying towards a window. There was an unkempt kitchen and a sofa that were visible, but there was glare from the glass that made it difficult to see inside. An officer eventually shoots a projectile to break the window. The drone looks in the room, says there's no one behind the door, so that allows the officers on the other side to break in, making sure that this guy was not lying in wait like they've seen before, uses a robot to make sure that no one was hiding in the apartment. And this, for some reason, is looked at as the beginning of the end of privacy in the city of Los Angeles. That's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm sorry for those people who work Metropolitan Division, SWAT, whatever, whose lives could potentially be saved by this, who have to deal with the absolute uh, idiocy of, my 
my rights to privacy are going to be trampled. Somebody commented on our office video, hope your home is not as bad as this mess. Your wife commented with one word, mm-hmm. appalling. Yeah, so do you think that I would be allowed to keep an appalling home? No. I was also reminded, Shannon, you haven't brought your scooter in yet. Oh, it's in the car. I keep forgetting to bring it in. Wait, you guys want to bring more stuff yeah, into the wait, office? Are you going to get it? After the 22nd, we can do that. How about that? That's our deal on that one. <laughs> no, I'm bringing it in today. Uh, okay. Well, I can't really. I got buttons to push. All right. You mean like this one? SpaceX news. Did you, know, did you know that SpaceX had a lease planned with the city of L.A. for an 18-acre site at Terminal Island to build a, a rocket for flights to Mars? Well, they pulled out of it. Why? We don't know. But remember, they cut 10% of, it, of their yeah. uh, workforce. They're having issues. Uh, we've been following the story about... Um, in Washington, D.C., obviously we're in day 26 of our partial government shutdown, but Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, had a couple of weeks ago invited the president, as is tradition, to come give a State of the Union address. And today is asking that either he delay it or simply do it by uh, submitted in writing. Because as she said, you know, security concerns with the government shutdown and all. Other people are suggesting that this is absolutely not the case. There's no security issue around the Capitol, uh, even with a partial government shutdown. Kevin McCarthy even said it was unbecoming of the House Speaker to uh, to make that recommendation. All right, 12.05. Time for What's Happening. Four American soldiers among 16 people killed and more than a dozen wounded when a suicide bomber attacked our forces in Syria. The uh, ISIS-affiliated website Amak said a suicide attacker with an explosive vest hit this uh, foreign military patrol, the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, and the White House have confirmed that there were U.S. troops in the uh, among the dead. The vi- there is video that has been displayed by a Syrian news agency, I believe it's a Syrian news agency, that shows a, sort of a surveillance camera looking down a sidewalk. And you can see the explosion itself. Uh, but it's hard to make out if, in fact, the the members of the U.S. military were walking by this restaurant, if they were in the restaurant. Last month, the president, of course, with that surprise announcement that he would withdraw all 2,000 U.S. troops from Syria, he concluded ISIS had been defeated there. And it seems like that led to the departure of Mad Dog Mattis. Um, And he's kind of backed off that stance since then, the president has. We are going to get with Brian Suits coming up in about an hour from now to talk about what it's like in Syria, what a troop withdrawal would mean, and if he thinks that's actually going to happen. Following the story also out of Cajon Pass, uh, firefighters are working on a 19-vehicle crash on the 15 freeway. 35 people were injured at last count, and that prompted the closure of every single one of those southbound lanes right around uh, Oak Hill Road. Most of them just moderate to minor injuries, which is great news. 
Uh, it was very thick fog in the area at the time. The roadway's probably still wet from all of our uh, from all of our rain in the last couple of days. A Caltrans camera right now shows miles long backup of traffic coming out of uh, the Victorville area down I-15. Jamie Kloss update: the man suspected of kidnapping that 13-year-old girl after killing both of her parents apparently applied for a job at a liquor store the day before. The day before he uh, he kidnapped her. He talked about how he's an honest and hardworking guy on this application. It was an online application for a job at Saratoga Liquors in Superior, Washington, uh, Wisconsin, about 40 miles from that remote cabin where he was keeping the girl. Now, remember. So he planned to stay there long yeah, term. And looking at this, he had been working, we mentioned, at, uh, at the Tur- Genio Turkey plant in um, in Wisconsin with Jamie's parents, not that they ever knew each other, but he happened to be working at the same plant. And then he was working for two entire days at a cheese-making factory. How in... Wisconsin is that? Yeah, no kidding. But but he didn't stay long at either one of those jobs. It was so. during that cheese job that he spotted Jamie getting on her school bus and decided to uh, plot and kidnap her at all costs, knowing that he was probably going to have to kill her parents, and that's, in fact, what did happen. Remember that show, To Catch a Predator? Yeah. That was a great show, wasn't it? Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen has been popped. What are you doing with those red vines and handcuffs? And condoms. Oh, I'm going to, uh, going to the market. I was just seeing if they were okay. According to the Stamford, Connecticut Police Department, Chris Hansen has been arrested for larceny. Tell me more. Bouncing checks, basically. They said he bought 355 mugs, 288 T-shirts, and 650 vinyl decals. Sounds like our office. From a mom and pop (laughs) shop in town for marketing events that he was planning to attend. It does sound exactly like our office. Just under $13,000 tab. uh, The owner of the place said after the first check bounce, he threatened to go to the cops. Chris offered to make four partial payments. The owner said no way. So then he wrote a second check and bounced it and begged for more time. Chris sent emails saying he was selling his boat to come up with the cash, but a check, a good one, never came. So they put an issue, uh, put a warrant out for Chris's arrest. He turned himself in on Monday, booked and released from jail. I think uh, anybody who's over, excuse me, anybody who's under the age of 75 who's still writing checks for stuff is kind of suspicious. I mean, who writes checks anymore if it's not for, like, a, sel- a couple select bills? Morgan doesn't even know what you're talking about. I know. She has no idea what a check is. I know. I write checks. I know how to balance a checkbook even. So there, And Gary. I'm trying to bring it back. Put that in your Why pipes. are you trying to bring it back? I'm holding up the line at Walmart to write a check for my groceries. Oh, my gosh. Even I hate you. And then they're going to run it through the machine, make sure it's okay, and take it. And I'm going to balance it when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fill in my register immediately. <laughs> YouTube uh, is trying to take the Darwinism train off the tracks. It's banning users from sharing videos of dangerous pranks on YouTube. Well, I guess the unfortunate part of that, that sucks. Is, the unfortunate part is that the Darwin train will still run. We'll just we just won't see it. We just won't get video of it. Yeah, remember uh, there's still Instagram and yeah, but I mean all kinds of other. I, I think once one does this, there's there's probably a, a sort of a tide of 
of public opinion that they others would probably follow suit? I'm glad you said that because uh, one of the examples that prompted this uh, was the Tide Pod Challenge, where uh, it was a challenge for people to eat laundry detergent packets on camera. Um, The fire challenge is a popular one. Or more recently, recently the bird box challenge, where people would walk around with blindfolds on to see how far they could get before they fell to their death. Blind, yeah, apples. Well, here's and what I love about it is that (laughs) there was a Netflix warning that went out. If you're a news agency and you see somebody like causes a traffic accident in your town, and they tell you, "Oh, I was doing the bird box challenge, man. See how far I could get a blindfold on." And you call Netflix and they, and you say, hey, it's uh, Shannon from Channel 7, and I was curious if you had a comment on the Bird Box Challenge. Netflix should have hung up the phone. They never should have put out a statement that said, please don't do this. Because all that did was generate more publicity for it, and more people tried stupid crap like this. Coming up next, your chance at $1,000 and see how far I could get. The, well, the sex. Hasn't The Simpsons or somebody called you yet? Yeah, they're downstairs, aren't they? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Oh. You do have great voices. Why, thank you. You're just trying to make nice now because of you you yelled at me for having my box of junk in the corner. That was not yelling. <laughs> not yelling. Well, you do not to want to see yell. Shannon angry. No, you don't. Um the sexts that we can't unsee uh, when we come back. Oh good. Gary and Shannon will continue. Plus a thousand bucks. I say you killed your Gary and Shannon. Well, we want to know how you come down on this. We've got some important people coming into the office apparently next week, and company-wide email goes out saying that you can't have personal things in your office, can't have things on the walls, the whole bit. And our office has all of that in spades. So we took video of the office, and uh, we want to know if you think we should clean it up or not. It's on our Instagram page at Gary and Shannon. I mean, it's pretty evenly split. Uh, half people say we're slobs and half say don't uh, oh, bow down. I got to read the one that really was the one that I thought is proof that we need to clean things up. Yeah. It was um, something along the lines of, yeah, it looks pretty bad, but I've seen way worse. And I thought, <laughs> oh, no. I thought, yeah, that's a sign. That's not, I, that's the least encouraging comment of all. Yeah. Most things are on shelves and like tucked to the side or in corners. It's not that Except bad. for the mini pool table that's on a cardboard box pedestal. Mm-hmm. Hey, that was well, a genius idea. Was a really Wait a minute, idea. I have a question. Do I get rid of the cardboard box pedestal? No. No, absolutely not. It's How are we going to play the, pool? Right. Yeah. No. Okay, just making clear. Got to be clear. $1,000? Yep. KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword TAB to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TAB to 200-200. Now, when you win that $1,000, they'll call you to let you win. But if you don't answer, they'll move on to somebody who will. 
giving away $1,000 an hour from 5 in the morning all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show, Monday through Friday right here on KFI. Hey, did you ever wonder about the world's richest man and what kind of game he has? Well, wonder no longer <laughs> because Jeff Bezos' sexts, if you can call them that, are... Uh, are out and for all of us to see, thanks to the National Enquirer. You want to hear some of them? Here well, we wait go. a minute, wait a minute. In, I don't know. I, mean, I was, was going to say, in his defense, mm-hmm. not everything that that men are capable. Mm. Don't censor yourself. Let that freak flag fly. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> I was going to say, dudes outside of romantic comedies and even in some romantic comedies. Don't have a lot of game, period. We're big, dumb animals. And when we try to squeeze our big, dumb animal brain in, into like a, a poetic mood mm-hmm. that will then also entice some woman to just <laughs> like drop trow in front of us. Wow. It doesn't. Am <laughs> I wrong? That That's exactly so what right. he's doing. It's 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 like hammering a square peg into a round hole. It's just gonna it's gonna come out ugly, and something's gonna be bruised at the end of it. Oh. It is not, and that in that context, or I should say, through that lens, is how we should view Jeff Bezos and getting sexy on the text message. Here's here we go. Mm. This is a text he's sending to his uh, his girlfriend. Your energy and ideas and competence and spirit turn me on. Now, I'm going to pull over the car really quick because that is pretty good. I mean, how often do guys take the time to make a comment about you in their in their text messages where they're trying to get you to take off your clothes? And it's like, not about I, your knockers. Right, or... right. How many times are, are your energy, ideas, competence, and spirit brought up? Probably not a lot. Okay, but let me get – again, I, and I'm using myself as an example. The last time that I dated anyone – I mean, my wife is going to be upset to hear that we're not dating, but we, I mean, we're dating. You know what I mean? If I had written that in an email, because that's probably the the most uh, common way that we communicated with each other while we were dating was email. If I wrote to her, your energy and ideas and competence and spirit turn me on. I just don't think she would fall for that. I think that she would fall for that more than... The email from the guy that says, hey, your boobs look great in that top, but I bet what you know what I mean? I'll take a mixture of both. Well, you got it because he went on to write in another one. Oh, now he's got music behind. I miss you. I want to kiss you right now and tuck you in slowly and gently and maybe in the morning wake you up and not be quite so gentle with you. Monica? I don't know. How many flames do you give that no. on a scale of one to five flames? One. one. Yeah. It's like, what? You're sort of censoring. Oh, so you're, you want you're even to, censoring you, the So you want him to be text. more graphic. <laughs> this is and a you safe didn't, space. You didn't, you didn't change the text. Like, no. that's what no, he no, wrote. No, no, that's what he no, wrote. No, yeah, yeah. He's, no. Mm-mm. Too vanilla. Too vanilla. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we're doing now. Okay. Got it. Okay. I just didn't think that would fly. Mm-mm. Apparently in 2019, it flies. Well, then I have a question. Well, he's also, he's also older and... What, older men can't be graphic? No, but... 
Careful. No, I love Careful. where this yep. is headed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm just going to stop in my tracks. All right, well, then I have a question. Yeah. You can text. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're going to choke on whatever you just ate. Monica started yeah. talking. I picked up my soup and yeah, started that's eating That's a horrible it. idea. Because I was entertained. I was like, <laughs> literally picked up my popcorn. <clears throat> oh, man. Right. I was like, talk. So, Tell me more. <laughs> Go on. So being a, a woman... Of a of a ripe dating age, mm-hmm. don't uh, make it sound all weird. I'm I'm trying to see? I'm trying to maneuver see? through what is now the new world of relationships. Yeah, there here. are landmines all so, over the place. So could could somebody walk up to you and say that? Or no, absolutely uh, not. Let me. Okay, I'm going to set up a scene, and you tell me if it's right or wrong, and how you would react Go. to it. Yes, you've, I love You've this already game. dated a guy uh-huh. one time. You've dated a guy one time. Things went well. It's just coffee, nothing big. Look right. on the cheek at the end of the night. See you later. Okay. You get on a bird scooter. He gets on a lime scooter. Wow. And you go All your right. separate ways. Mm-hmm. The, you run into him on the street the next day, and he says something graphic. Well, and, and <laughs> about you, and he thought of you, and he thought of doing that to you. Wait, first with of those, all, in person is different from a yeah. text. And, and first of all, I am lost stop me now. if I stop me if I'm wrong, Monica. Okay, I, in your scenario, I think the sexting comes before the face-to-face date with the kiss on the cheek. I, no, because he hasn't it, met her yet. Like, isn't face-to-face terrifying for these people? Well, I feel like it'd be terrifying is... if the guy came out the gate sending those oh, crazy really? texts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not I that I mean, honestly, yet. maybe it depends on what dating app I'm using. It's where This Good is so Lord. confusing. Thank God. I don't have to go Oh, I think stuff. you... Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I think Go you know what, what no. I mean. Now it's your turn to not censor yourself. <laughs> well, I just feel bad for guys that aren't smart in 2019. You know, guys that, like, can't put together the words the that thing. are going to turn Monica don't, on. Listen, well, no, no, don't no. be too aggressive out the gate because then I'll think you're... Creepy. So creepy. Right. And maybe dangerous. But then the result <laughs> of that is Jeff Bezos style. I'm going to wake you up and... Not be gentle. Let me tell you something. If you <laughs> came out the gate with that, too, I would be like, no, thank you. Oh, so the middle of the road again. God, you got to be just tough. just sparkly enough yeah. that the joy meter goes up, but not so sparkless that it's... Being a man is very why, difficult. Why are you talking about that right out of the gate, though? Like, hello, how are you? What do you do? What do you like? You know, stuff like that. Nice knockers. I'm dude. just going to say. Nice knockers. <laughs> yeah. That we should Not- maybe do a recurring segment where you guys give dating app advice to people. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, so many people use sounds them. Sounds like we're getting in what, most, Mostly what sold is when Gary went, gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Us, compose your next sex. Ooh. All right, we'll do Swamp Watch when we come back and talk about what's going on with the president, the uh, the decision by Nancy Pelosi to ask him not to give the State of the Union. All of that is next. Monica, and Shannon. you look great in that sweater. Thank you. I'm very covered up today, so I don't know what you mean. News? Yeah. Sure. Well, I can't add anything at that. I, you know I can't say anything. So I- Gary and Shannon, 
Nancy Pelosi making a request of the president in Washington. We will talk about that coming up when we go live to Capitol Hill next. There is a uh, fake newspaper making its way around Washington, D.C. today. Fake editions of the Washington Post. The headline above the fold is unprecedented. Trump hastily departs White House ending crisis. And then it says celebrations break out worldwide as Trump era ends. And uh, then the, the sub headline under a big picture of President Trump is President Pence begins a clipped duck term. They are fake editions, of course. Um, the Post's PR account says these are fake print editions being distributed around downtown D.C. We're aware of a website attempting to mimic the Post. They're not Post products. We're looking into this. Um, it says the, one of the other headlines is the hashtag, uh, from hashtag me too to you're fired. There was a, one group called the Yes Men claims to have uh, produced the paper along with a writer and an author. But uh, the the protest group Code Pink also posted a video Wednesday morning show, so, showing somebody passing out the newspaper. So that's, uh, I don't Speaking know. Speaking of Code Pink, I believe there's women marches scheduled for this weekend everywhere. And some competing ones I think they scheduled in Washington. This weekend? Yeah. Yeah, the 19th. It's going to be cold. I guess when you have a strong enough feeling that the cold doesn't matter. That's right. Okay. You put on your knit little cat hat. Cat. I still think that that was the worst, the worst thing I've seen in a long time. And I know. Do you know anybody who had those? Yes. I know. I know people who still to this day, po- like post themselves like wearing to, like, their take, hats. It's like trying to take the word back, right. From the president. Yeah, I gotta, I get the politics um, of it, but man. But gross. Ew. I just hate that word. I just don't like that word. Um, speaking of the, we're now 26th day of the partial government shutdown. Uh, senators in both parties are trying to deliver a letter to the president saying that if the government reopens, they would be willing to work on a border security package with the president. Now, supposedly this is a bipartisan group of senators, but... Some of the key Republican senators, at least those in leadership, haven't signed on on this. So it's likely that they're going to fall short of they want to get 20 senators on both sides of the aisle in each party. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be able to get that. But the Lindsey Graham is probably the, the biggest name in terms of Republicans who have signed on to this. He is desperately trying to get the Senate to take action to come up with some sort of an end to the shutdown. He spoke to the president last night. He said said he's trying to get rank-and-file Senate Democrats to commit to work with the president rather than rely on the the Democratic leadership in Congress to do so because we've already seen that that's a non-starter, at least to this point. You got rice in your face? What do you Excuse me. You stop eating. It's a hot and sour soup. Oh, must be super hot. It's very spicy. Kirsten Gillibrand's in. She is. She announced that uh, the the senator from New York announced that she has started an ex- or filed for an exploratory committee. Uh, she was a central figure in the debate about the Me Too movement. She's decided that she will join the presidential primary contest, which already features a record number of women in it. I went through this. I've got another one for you. Yeah, it just came out. Uh, Democrat Julian Castro. Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah, Julian. 
he's the, the Julian, he, the former housing chief during the Obama years. Yeah, he announced over the weekend. Um, the odd part about he's him, already in New Hampshire today, like the state of. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he announced in in San Antonio over the weekend where he was the mayor for a long time. He's one of the younger ones uh, in terms of the candidates. I. I have a list that I've been trying to keep a, a keep track of of those people who have officially announced. I guess I have to put a uh, I have to put an actual asterisk next to Kirsten Gillibrand now because she's announced. Um, but you've got Elizabeth Warren, John Delaney, never one's ever heard of Richard Ojeda, another one. Michael Arth, never heard of him. Ken Nwadike, a peace activist, and then more familiar names like Julian Castro, uh, Jay Inslee, the governor from Washington State, Tulsi Gabbard. We talked about her. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand just announced last night. So all of these. And then there's a new push to get Beto O'Rourke to throw his hat into the ring oh, as well. Yeah. Kamala I mean, Harris closed her super PAC and was talking about making some trips to some of those. She'll be in. She just states. hasn't officially announced. That's going to be a crowded stage. It's going to look like the Republicans did. Well, uh, remember, they're going to hold like five debates or something. That's one, least. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that have announced. Some of those names are probably going to fall off and be second stage people like we saw in those other uh, the, right. the Republican right. the debates. But you've got six at least big name people. And then that's not counting Eric Beto Garcetti. O'Rourke, Joe, Bar- Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Eric Garcetti, Sherrod Brown, Michael Bloomberg. So we've got as many as 10 others who are still uh, on the cusp of announcing that they would run for president. Does Eric Garcetti make it onto the main stage? No, I don't think so. Uh, I because guess they would just rely on polling and stuff, right? Outside of outside of California, I don't think he gets any name recognition. It's in the soup. Even if I don't know, literally I don't dying know. over here. I think you're allergic to sweet and hot and sour, sweet and sour, hot and sour soup. All right. Well, as Shannon clears her throat from whatever al- allergic reactions he's having to her own cooking, um, <laughs> we'll come back. And again, we're going to talk about oh, no. what's what's going on with uh, Nancy Pelosi's suggestion that the president postpone his State of the Union address scheduled for a couple of weeks from now. We'll talk about that when we come back. I got it. I got it. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, in the middle of uh, Swamp Watch, talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. The Internal Revenue Service decided it's going to recall about 46,000 of its employees, about 60% of its workforce, to handle returns and pay out refunds. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, (laughs) New lawmakers, by the way, went to a meeting with the president at the White House today. They say the conversation was respectful, um, but... None of them could talk about progress that the meeting made toward reopening the government agency. Minnesota Democratic Representative Dean Phillips was one of the guys, and he said the fact that lawmakers of both parties were sitting down and talking with Trump was progress in itself. Well, a lot, most of these people have just been elected, so they have that fresh faith and optimism in the process. <laughs> oh, bless their little hearts. Um, we have also been seeing different stories about what this is going to what this partial government shutdown is going to do for the economy right now. The Dow, not the only indicator, but an indicator of how the economy is doing or will do. The Dow is up 176 points right now. 
But I've seen reports today that we could see the shutdown, the partial government shutdown, within a couple of weeks, basically wiping out what we've seen as uh, the last 10 years or so of economic progress. That if we can't figure out something very soon, by March, we're going to see just about everything we've seen built up in the last 10 years wiped out. A guy named Ian Shepardson is a chief economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics. Uh, The economy might contract in the first three months, as a matter of fact, he says, if the shutdown lasts through March. Nancy Pelosi has made a request of the president about this uh, shutdown. Lana Zak is on Capitol Hill, joins us now with the latest. What is this uh, request, Lana? Well, Gary and Shannon, it is a busy, crazy day here at the Capitol. Uh, Even though the government isn't working, the politics are very much hard at play. And Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has sent a letter to President Trump asking him to find another date for the upcoming State of the Union address. She's arguing that the Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security have not been funded during the shutdown. And so he should not be coming to the Capitol and straining the resources of those agencies uh, until the shutdown ends. So she says, let's come together and decide on another date, or you can reopen the government, or you can submit the State of the Union in writing. It's the way they used to do it, right? That's right. Up until Woodrow Wilson, that was the standard. But then FDR uh, figured out the power of speaking directly to the American people, one that President Trump certainly employs uh, in spades, particularly if you look at his Twitter account. Uh, so this, uh, this, re- this request from the speaker has not been answered formally by the White House yet, but we have heard a little bit of shade being thrown by, uh, by minority whip Steve Scalise, who tweeted that, uh, that Pelosi's move quote, showed that Democrats are only interested in obstructing. And the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, is also tweeting that they are fully prepared to support and secure the State of the Union. So it looks like um, politics are certainly having a hand in this, but uh, but uh, we're waiting to really hear how the president himself responds to this. And where do we stand with the recesses uh, scheduled coming up? Well, the latest word is that those recesses are going to be canceled as long as the government shutdown continues. Um, But every day here, Gary and Shannon, as I know you're aware of, brings something new. So uh, I I feel like we have to have a disclaimer after talking about anything that's supposed to happen in the future because everything can change in an instant. When when we talk about the importance of you referenced Woodrow Wilson and his realization of how important it was to get the message to the American public is the concern that the president's just going to go out there and blame democrats in a prime time address covered by every major network for the for the government shutdown Perhaps. Um, we heard that during the Oval Office address. Um, and we know President Trump from his other State of the Union, from his previous State of the Union address that, and joint sessions of Congress, that uh, he he likes to uh, to celebrate his own accomplishments and um, and point a finger at the Democrats. So that's that was going to happen whether there was a shutdown or not. Um, from Pelosi's standpoint, she's upping the stakes on, on trying to call President Trump's hand when it comes to the shutdown. Um, but it doesn't seem like they are going to to 
play into this. Um, we hear that there's some discussion about whether or not he would just give an address directly to the American people from the Oval Office, uh, whether the Senate, where it's still Republican-controlled, uh, would invite him not for a joint session, uh, but just to go there. Again, we haven't heard these things coming from the White House directly, but these are some of the possibilities that are being floated at the Capitol at this moment. Lana, Zach, great stuff as always. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. All right. Now, uh, one of the issues there, you mentioned this is the recesses um, in terms of whether Congress is going to stay at work while this is going on. The president says we're going to stay out for a long time. If we have to, we'll be out for a long time. One of the issues that we've seen, along with the, the, the horrible PR mess, if members of Congress go to Puerto Rico again and watch Hamilton while this partial government uh, shutdown continues, um, is that we've seen... Uh, would you call it emergency services that have opened up throughout Washington, D.C., since that's where a lot of these federal workers are? You've seen emergency kitchens opening up, providing food, uh, places like pawn shops that have been staying open late because of the lines out the doors, people trying to pawn stuff just to keep their their lights on. Uh, I'm curious to see how much how, – how we are going to – stomach this i guess for the coming days yeah. in all honesty and i'll say this i don't think the federal i don't think the partial government shutdown has affected me at all i can't think of anything in any instance in anything uh that i've had to do with the government or anything in the last three weeks that's affected me at all but i also am not related to anybody who works for the federal government right. who's not getting a paycheck it'll be interesting to see what happens with the irs you know, calling back those workers. Yeah, and, if they want to show up. Right, exactly. And then, you know, the whole air traffic control situation affects us all. You don't want those. You not don't want not that until the plane staff. goes down. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Turkey's president, Erdogan, says that the explosion that killed American service members in Syria may have been an act aimed to deter the U.S. from withdrawing troops. We're going to hook up with Brian Suits and see what he knows uh, AKA everything about what's going on in Syria when we come back to Gary and Shannon. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. We're also uh, day three now, or wrapping up day three, I guess is the best way to put it, of our teacher strike. LA Unified and uh, the United Teachers LA do not have any scheduled talks. So yet another day tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's going to be rainy yet again. Though in fact, it started raining here in Burbank uh, about an hour ago, and I think it's going to continue until Sunday, or actually tomorrow. So there was this young penguin colony in Australia, okay, Sydney, Australia, and all but one of the couples were terrible parents. I mean, they were getting distracted from their nests to go for a swim or play. They were super egotistical, bad parent penguins. The neglected eggs were getting cold, which means they're not going to hatch. It's no good. It was a bad mating season. One couple, though, one couple of penguins were extraordinary parents. They made the biggest nest they sat on it constantly 
was the, decorated impeccably. Their names are Sven and Magic, and they're gay penguins. Look, uh, uh, let's let's pump the brakes on the gay. So part. they sat on this nest, like I said, constantly, and the people at the aquarium were like, "Huh, I wonder if we should give those gay uh, birds an egg and see what happens." So they give them a dummy egg, and Sven and Magic totally take to it. Um, and so there's this one really bad parent couple, okay, heterosexual couple of, of penguins, and they suck at being parents. I mean, they're leaving their egg exposed all day and all night. So they took that that, that baby away from those parents, gave it to the gays, and okay, the again. gays the gays took to that egg like nobody's business. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The egg hatches. Push back on this. And now. This is like one of the most well-adjusted little baby penguins. How did they meet, you're asking? How did they become gay penguins? I know that's the, the question on your mind. Are you... Go on. Magic is uh, three years old, and he was born at the Sea Life Melbourne Aquarium. He's excitable. He's playful. He chases after toys, anything that shines. He greets visitors. Do you really visitors. know three years old, though? Yeah, exactly. Blake, I'm telling a story. <laughs> So he's like the social one, right? Super fun. And then there's Sven. Sven's three years older. He's six. He's from SeaWorld. He's taller than Magic. He's got a bigger beak. And he's the quiet one. He's more serious. He's less interested in toys and humans and all of that. So, you know, opposites attract. And that happens in the penguin world, too. When they first met at SeaWorld in Sydney, they began to bow to each other, Sven and Magic. They brought each other carefully selected pebbles for the nest that they were going to build together. Seriously, penguins do this. Now, if either had not been interested, he would have pushed the pebble away, rejected the pebbles. But each loved the pebbles the other brought. And so a love was born. They describe it as consent. So I had a roommate in college. They start to sing. They're standing close to each other. They're singing to each other. They're learning each other's voices. And he and I got along great. You'd see Magic standing in his spot looking out for Sven, and he would call, and Sven would come running over and give Magic a little bow, I mean, and I don't think, sing as well. I don't think once I ever fought with this guy over anything. Now, others in this colony of 33 penguins, they were still flirting. They were still a bunch of F-boys everywhere, right? And one day he's like, hey— can we get a cat? But Sven and Magic, they were already uh, hooked up for life. And it was no surprise that they began preparing for their egg. And that is exactly what they did. And my reaction was like, well, I don't. Sure. I mean, I don't need a cat. But if you want a cat, we can get a cat. That's fine. So we get a cat. And the cat was very cool. And we had a good time raising this cat. And we would sit and watch uh, baseball together, and we'd play video games together, and we'd drink beer together, and the cat was there. No, 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 no. This is not the same thing. Why is it not the same thing? The cat was raised and was well-adjusted, well, and there not, were two dudes hanging out on the couch drinking not, beer, watching sports. You're not gay raising a child with him. How do you know that I that do. penguin is the gay? They are gays. And their chick is now called Svenjik. Get it? Kind of like an amalgamation yes, of their names. It. But you didn't Svenjik. answer the question. How do you know that? You just said Shh. the penguins are gay. How do you know the penguins are Why gay? Why are you so mad about the gay penguins? Because you're putting a label on the penguins that they didn't ask for. Sven and Magic feed and sing to Svenjik. 
They tuck it into bed at night. That's not true. The chick needs to have its head face toward the parents when it sleeps under them. So the parents use their beaks to keep it in the proper position. Now, listen, like any couple, Sven and Magic do have their problems. And it's probably related to their age difference. Remember Magic, the fun one? He's the younger one. And he would often try to, like, pawn off the parental duties. Like, you don't want to deal with that. Sometimes he would be like, you feed Svenjik today. And he would hop off and go swimming. But slowly he learned to co-parent. Did he go to Palm Springs to go swimming? When Magic would feed the chicks, Sven would come over and sing to them. He was singing to encourage Magic to, you know, mature a little bit. What was he singing? Very key. Penguin songs. Eh. Now, this three-month-old chick is almost fully grown. He or she does not have a permanent name yet because he or she does not have a gender. Now, before you get crazy, a penguin's reproductive organs are internal, so sex can only be determined by a blood test at maturity. So we don't know if if Magic and Sven's uh, chick is a, a, a male or female. So you have gay penguins. Gay parent penguins. Who are great. Raising a penguin child who has yet to declare an identity. But none of the penguins have an identity. But you just said the two penguins are gay. They are gay. That's an identity. And it was Sven with the bigger beak, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, penguins have sex, Gary. I'm sure they're, let me see. Are these penguins having sex? I'm Googling it. Great. That's a great idea. Google that. Apparent, wait. Um, Yeah, be careful how you write this because... (laughs) I don't care. It's not my computer. I'll just blame it on Ken. Can't they just be two good penguin friends who happen to be raising a child together? There are other... uh... I'm not saying other. I'm talking specifically about Sven and Magic. Oh, that's how they do it. Oh, God. Interesting. John. Sorry. You both are insane. Tell me about it. (laughs) And if the penguin's uh, uh, sex organs are internal... Then how do they have sex? Early on, they're internal. Like when they're immature, oh, they're And still. then they then come they, out. Then they bloom? Yeah. One day, they just I see, they they pop just right pop. out. Are these two uh, male gay yes. penguins? Sven and Magic. Again, we know that they're both male penguins. Do they identify that way, though? Aren't that's we making thing. an assumption that's... See? I yeah. told you. Gary uh, thinks you that they're so just like, like they're just friends that want to raise a baby together. Yeah, Have you like... ever wanted to raise a baby with your friend? <laughs> no. No. Like my college roommate and I. Yeah, you know what? We it's had a cat. never occurred no. to me. I, I, I never yeah. thought, well, which guy right. that I know would I like to raise a baby with? You know why? With? Because you <laughs> are Maybe Gary. Head. I think yeah. Gary and I would uh, right. raise a gun. We probably would raise a nice child be together. Fine. Well adjusted. Yeah. Like baseball about baseball. Right. We just take them to baseball games every day. That's fine. You guys should totally make a baby. Wow, that's well, different. That is very different than what he just said. We'd raise the baby. Raise. I, I don't know how, how I would approach Gary to make the baby. Unless, very, unless very, you... very quietly. <laughs> very quietly, because I'd hear you coming. I'd... All right, what do, you, what do you guys have coming up on your I got sucked into this. Um, <laughs> we are going to have um, uh, a, a mayor from Israel, uh, from the uh, town of Shiloh. His name is David Rubin. And he will testify that uh, Israel put up a big wall on the southern border with Egypt and reduced illegal immigration to the number zero. I saw those numbers the other day. Yeah. Because it, amaz- it was in the tens of thousands. Yeah, they it? had 55,000 illegal immigrants from Africa coming across Egypt and into Israel. 55,000 over a three-year period. Uh, two years after the wall was built, the big zero. Nothing. And by zero, you mean? I mean zero. Zero. Yeah, not one single person. Are you going to take the show down there to the border? Has that been talked about? Uh, oh, with the Mexican border? Yeah. Uh, we did that once a long time ago. 
it's uh, it's complicated to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's labor intensive. It's not. It sounds like a great idea, but it's not really fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Steve Gregory's got to be your tour guide. If yeah, you do, so. let, let him do that. He seems to like to go there. <laughs> All right, John and Ken up <laughs> dot, next. Dot dot dot. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> Stay dry.